there. Welcome to the Collide podcast. This is Willow Weston, the founder and director of Collide. And I am so excited to pass off this interview I just had with Carrie Butler. Carrie is in bivocational ministry, so she kind of splits her time between being the owner of Haven Interiors and then being a campus director at a church. And she has such a unique and beautiful voice, one that slows down and is so thoughtful about Jesus and following him and how to connect with him. And I find all my conversations with her where I'm just, you know, ravenously taking notes and learning and growing and being invited into something deeper with God. And I think you'll experience that today. She's been on our podcast before, and she is also a teacher on our Women of Impact online course. So she's a fan favorite, and I hope you enjoy this interview with her. Carrie Butler, it is so fun to have you on the podcast again. You're like a repeat returner. I don't know how you got sucked into this, but I'm so glad that I get to sit down and hang out with you today. Yeah, it's great to be here. (laughs) You just went on a prayer adventure in the UK. Can you invite us into what made you even say yes to such a trip? (laughs) I love that question. So this adventure, which I just love that they call it a prayer adventure, because I feel like that's just been my story with God. And I actually think we talked about that last time I was on here. It's just, God is always just related to me in this way. I'm like, let's go on this adventure. Um, so this last uh, year, our church um, was a part of a prayer cohort through Novo Ministries. If anyone knows about them, there's awesome doing worldwide work. And we were learning just the basics of prayer. Like, how do we pray? Um, So it's a seven month journey. And um, through some contacts through Novo, um, there was this invitation for me to go on this trip. And um, essentially it was, we don't really know what we're getting ourselves into, but we're going to go, we're going to find out. Um, and so there's a group of 30 of us who, um, you know, hopped on planes and went, went to the UK. And, um, the fact that it was in the UK was really special to me because I lived there, um, many moons ago, been back. It feels like a second home to me. So there was just this real personal connection, um, as well. And, um, essentially the invitation was, Hey, we're going to go. We're going to learn about where God has poured out his spirit, his presence, um, in different places in and around, um, England. And we went to Wales as well. And so we started in London and we went up to Durham and we were learning. We were just, I mean, we were there as like, I felt like I was this ambassador. I was an ambassador from my local community to just take it in, um, to listen. Um, and we, we, we did pray, you know, throughout the whole trip, but it was this, like this invitation really to see and, and to hear for what God, what are you doing in the world right now? What is your invitation to us? And, um, you know, as your people, 
Um, and so it was very timely for me personally, um, and then for our community and our church community as well, just like as we're sensing things is what God's doing, you know, in our church, in our experience. And it was just beautiful to go, um, you know, not only to another country and experience that with other people, but to just be like, to, to land on the ground, you know, to be in London where it's busy and noisy and crazy. And we, you know, we, we did go to other places or beautiful places in, in England and not that London isn't beautiful. Um, but just to be his eyes and ears, you know, what are you doing? What are you stirring up? Um, what are you saying to people in other parts of the world? Um, hmm. How long yeah. were you on this trip, Carrie? We were there for a total of 10 days. Wow. Yeah. It's really interesting to me that you joined and partnered with this ministry that you say, ask the question, how do we pray? Mm-hmm. When you when you say that, when you say that's one of the things that they sort of invite people into a journey to learn about how do we pray, sometimes I wonder if people think that the invitation there would be something very like rote, robotic, formulaic, like, oh, these people are going to tell me how to pray. Um, But that's not at all what you're describing. I mean, you're talking about getting off the plane, being in this other country, and really listening and asking God. And I love this prayer that you said, what is your invitation to us? What what changed for you as far as moving from maybe some of those assumptions like I talked about where we're taught how to pray in this way mm-hmm. and then you were invited to pray in a completely different way? What were some of the like uh, moments for you or epiphanies for you that you had around prayer? Mm. Yeah, I think prayer is so often it's like this, this bucket, you know, that we have and we're like, well, I know this is important, but I don't know really what's in there. (laughs) It's like confusing and maybe overwhelming and all of that. And what I've been learning and really, I think what, what the Lord's invitation to me has been is it's less about what I'm saying and it's less about what I'm doing. Um, you know, in that space, um, in, in communication with God. Um, and it's way more about being still and listening and being in tune with his voice, um, following the spirit. And so, you know, it's, I mentioned, you know, being in busy London, you know, like there's so much noise going on. There's so much going on, you know, in our lives, in our, our world. And what I'm learning and some of the tools is solitude, silence, (laughs) contemplation, Mm -hmm. you know, reading scripture, but not from a, I need to know this, but, you know, really um, letting the spirit speak um, through the living word of God. Um, And so that's much more, uh, lately, it's been much more of an invitation to get quiet. (laughs) This has really been a journey of my life for a few years now of of um, stilling my soul, of becoming a non-anxious presence, of slowing down. 
It's interesting to me because you talk about learning how it's less about what you're saying and more about listening. And I think as, as you said that, I immediately thought, wow, if you translate that concept into any relationship, a deepness ensues. And it has taken many years. And even I think about people in friendships, people in marriages, people at work, when they spend less time talking and more time listening, their relationship, the quality of their relationship meter goes up, right? And so it's very interesting to me that when I think about prayer, I try to always sort of think about a relationship. And I'm not really sure why we've defined prayer as um, thinking that God wants us to talk all the time. Like if you're on a road trip with someone and they talk all the time, you're going to want to press the eject button. Like you're going to want to be like, dude, like is your stop coming up next? Cause you're talking constantly. And I think about how like Rob and I have been married I don't know anymore, 23 years or something like that. And we can drive. In fact, we're going on a road trip this summer. We -hmm. could drive from one city to the next for hours and not talk. And there's an understanding. But so much of our relationship deepens when I make space to listen to him talk or we sit together and we experience being together right? Or we go on a walk, but we don't have an agenda where it's all about the words exchanged. And so it's so interesting to me that you travel across the world and you're reminded of what is true with God is also what is true in human relationships. And somewhere along the way, we've made prayer so weird, like God just wants us to impress him with a bunch of words. (laughs) No, I totally get it. I mean, that some of the most beautiful experiences, like you said, uh, with French friends or family, you know, is when you get to that comfort space, you know, with someone and you're like, yeah, I don't really need to say anything to you. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't need to, to, to do something or to be super articulate or, you know, with <laughs> people that know us best and love us best. They're like, yeah, you're here. That's cool. That's enough. Mm-hmm. You know? And I just think that that's, how God wants to relate to us. I think he wants to be that close where, you know, we'll be driving down the road, you know, and it's us just in the car and it's like, I don't need to say anything to you, but I am going to be tuning in, you know? And I think that is our, you know, it's like with, with any relationship, if someone breathes deeply or has a sigh, you know, in the car with us and they're like, what, what is that about? You know, what's going on in their spirit? What's going on in their heart? And I, I think it's that, that kind of like tenor that, that, you know, that place that we're really, I think what we long for with God, I think it's that connection we long for and where we can hear those sides. Um, it's yeah. such a beautiful invitation. And I love your wording, that comfort space. I just picture like getting in your coziest sweats, the ones that like have the holes in them and you wouldn't <laughs> wear them out in public and you're cozying up on the couch and you can just be with Jesus or like, like you mentioned, like on a road trip and you can just 
be with him. I had this conversation with a woman last week where I was kind of challenging her idea of, well, why do you feel like the way that you define, you know, all of your experiences with God have to be you talking to God? Like, what do you enjoy doing? She says, well, I love to go on walks. Well, have you ever considered going on a walk with Jesus? Like you can go and see the sparrows and the new blooms on the trees and the shapes of the clouds in the blue sky. And and you can just be with Jesus. You don't have to talk the whole time. You can just be with him. And for some reason, I don't know what we've done or why we've invited people that it has to be this time of like a lot of exchange of words. Like you talk to him, he talks to you. I mean, I had a friend recently um, who, someone in ministry who asked me at the end of our time together recently, so what is Jesus, um, what is Jesus saying to you? Mm. right now. And I totally, Jesus does speak to me and I totally believe God speaks, but I found myself almost feeling like I had to come up with something like really like, you know, revolutionary. And it bothered me after the conversation that I felt like I didn't have anything. And what did that mean about where I'm at with Jesus? And I was kind of evaluating this. I was thinking about it and I was like, no, like, and I ended up saying this in the conversation. I really feel like Jesus and I have been doing life together lately. This year for me has been like a year of grief and experiencing death, like, and loss in such an incredible way that I sometimes just groan or sigh or grumble. I don't have a lot of words sometimes. And that's okay. Jesus and I are doing this thing together and I don't have to come with some eloquent speech for him. But why do you think that we've kind of gotten this all turned upside down and how can we turn it back into something beautiful, into an invitation? Hmm. (laughs) How long do we have, Willow? (laughs) Right? I mean, I, I, um, you know, I, I'm a pastor's kid. I grew up in the church and I, I think it's just really easy to, to look at, you know, the disciplines or look at the things that really have always been an invitation, but that we've somehow morphed into this set of rules or, this way of living, this way of being. And, mm-hmm. um, I, I think of, you know, the, the creative, creative, um, power that God had in creating us, you know, the, the uniqueness of how he made us. And, you know, I'm a type seven creative, you know, but highly administrative, you know, musical, like <laughs> I have like all of these different things that are who I am. And so when we have a list out there and I try to just say, well, I'm going to just force myself to fit into this box. And, you know, if I could just do this and I could just do it really well, then maybe I'll be a better Christian. Maybe God will love me more. And, you know, I I just feel for, for anyone who maybe has that list in their mind that checks and balances because I've certainly been there myself. Um, but what I'm finding is freedom in taking 
who I am, who God made me to be, and getting curious with him and hmm. how do I relate to you, Lord? Like just like I relate, you know, to a friend or a family member or you know, you relate to your partner or whatever that looks like. Like there's a there's a, a place that God I think has for us that is just us, you know, like it's just him and me and him and you. And I, I can't have my, wrap my head around that really. <laughs> like that just blows my mind in the way that he's able to relate to us. Um, and I think when I come, you know, I think for me coming from, you know, leaving some of the religiosity behind um, and I come from that place of God, who did you make me to be? And who are you really? That's really what matters here. But like, he cares about us. He made us in this way and how we relate to him matters. Um, if I can come from that view and then I look at prayer and I look at silence or solitude or all of these other things, you know, fasting, all of these other mm-hmm. things that maybe he's given us as tools it's coming from a very different place. I'm, I'm able to ask, you know, my spiritual director recently said, Carrie, I think you have the the spiritual practice of curiosity. And it made me laugh because I was like, well, that's funny. That's not written down anywhere. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But I think that the Lord has this incredible power to pull these things out of us and say, this is how I want to connect with you. Um, and so it may feel scary. I think it has felt, I I think we just, I think we're humans and we, we just always want to know what we're doing wrong or right. Right. Like that's, I think that's just kind of part of who we are, but I think the invitation is to say, God, I, I'm having a hard time connecting with you. Who did you make me to be? You know, (laughs) um, I'm, I'm giving, you know, like, <laughs> I'd be a yeah, more than no. question. It's but, so freeing yeah. because it, as you're talking, I'm thinking I'm a parent, right? I mm-hmm. have a, a son and I have a daughter and their personalities are so extremely different. Their interests, yeah. the way that they think about themselves, the world, the things that they find fun, their sense of humor, their gifting, they're just so so different. And if I was to ask Aiden to go do something so we could connect and Mm. I asked him to do something that Bella finds uniquely interesting or fun and he doesn't, it wouldn't create a connection. It would be a disconnection. I think as you're talking, I'm thinking, yes, yes, yes. God made you. He made you uniquely you. He knows who you are. He loves you. He wants to connect with you as a father. And so why have we sort of thought that we have to connect with him in all the ways that feel disconnecting to us because they're, they're so not tapping into who we are as a person. I remember how freeing it was for my husband when he realized, man, like for him, he's not, he loves music, but he's not super into singing for hours at a time. You know, mm-hmm. the idea of heaven where you sing worship songs for hours, that's just not a broad deli. He's like, I don't know, like, am I going <laughs> to like heaven if I have to do yeah, this for hours? Totally. But he finds God 
on Mount Baker when he skis and he sees the majesty of the mountains and the snow mm. and that God made all of this and he's in creation and he sees the hand of God all around him. And it's so freeing when people sort of begin to realize how they're uniquely made and that God made them and that they can connect with him in a way that the father would want to connect with his children. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We believe that God has something special in store for your life. Do you need some help discerning next steps in your calling or wishing that God could do something big with your life, but you don't know where to start? Or maybe you're tired, overwhelmed, or burned out and need some encouragement and inspiration to get back up. Whatever season or life phase you're in, we've got an incredible online course called Women of Impact that will equip and empower you with tools to fully live out your purpose in this life. This course comes with over 70 teaching sessions taught by over 50 incredible women and features topics like discerning direction, dreams and vision, health for a purpose, impact in every chapter, and more. You'll also get beautifully designed journals and incredible resource lists. This course was created for women on the go, meaning you can access it anytime, anywhere, on any device. Now is the time to get inspired and equipped to make an impact with your life. This robust course is available for only $149. You can learn more or register by going to wecollide.net forward slash women of impact. You returned with a desire from this trip to incorporate the monastic rhythms of the cave, table, and road into our lives. Can you tell us what those are and why you think they're so important? Mm -hmm. Yeah, so for me, this was just a really helpful model. You know, this is nothing new. This is really, ultimately, this is how Jesus lived. Um, And so you know, many people before us have taken his model and this is just one way to phrase it. And so the cave, the table and the road are, you know, the cave is, I I think the one-on-one place um, where you, you are, you and the Lord are together, you know? Um, And whatever that looks like, again, going back to that, how does the Lord relate to you? I mean, for me, it's walking, it's my garden, it's, you know, I've created like a little place in my home where I have a, a chair and my books or whatever. Like it often involves music. It often involves um, just absolute quiet, <laughs> you know, um, but it's, it's finding that place. Um, and, and sometimes for me, that means travel, you know, being on an airplane with God, we really connect that way. And um, so it's, it's, it's getting away and it's what Jesus modeled, you know, in his ministry where he say, peace out disciples. I'm, I'm going to go be with my father. And, and, and that's just, it was a, a normal thing for him to go do that. And then the table, you know, is, is that place of community is that place of connection with others. Um, and so again, that can look different for everybody. Um, you know, of, of just having those people, those people in your circle. And, um, you know, as an extrovert, um, I think I, I often thought that this meant a large circle. 
And I'm finding that actually it means having those few, um, mm-hmm. you know, and I think the way that Jesus modeled that was having the three, you know, within the 12. And, and so finding those people who, um, really know you and really, um, yeah, can, can sit with you in those silent places. Um, but also know how to ask questions. <laughs> how are you really, you know? Um, yeah. And then the, the road is, um, and I think that, I think the table, I think also includes our, our church community. Um, I think it can be that broad, you know, um, but it, it, again, it's a place where you're known and you know others. And then the road is this place of, you know, we're taking what we've learned. We've, we're taking what we've experienced with God and what we know of God and what we've known in community. And we're, we're sharing it, you know, we're, 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 and we're taking the, the healing and the, uh, the freedom and the, the gifts, you know, of God out to others. And so there's this beautiful rhythm. And, and what I've learned is that we can't, we can't just do two. We can't just do one. We need all three. And so for me, it really became and how is becoming in my, in my life, uh, a filter, you know, and I'm going, well, how am I doing on the road right now? Am I just kind of staying with my people and, you know, staying safe and, mm. and kind of, you know, am I, for whatever reason, you know, and I think there's seasons where maybe we do one more than the other. I've been in a season of, you know, being in the wilderness with God, really, um, this last, you know, year. And, and I, I didn't even know it, you know, until I saw this and I was like, Oh, (laughs) that's what's been happening. So my cave time has been a lot more significant than my table and road. Um, but I, I just love how simple it is. Like it, I think we tend to overcomplicate things. And for me, it was just like a, a lens, you know, to look through um, and, and to touch base on, on those areas of my life. Mm-hmm. I love that as a check-in, like, mm-hmm. how am I doing? Am I, am I in the cave? Am I spending time in the cave? Am I getting yeah. that like intimate time with God and what's keeping me from that? And the table, you know, are, are there people that, I can be with who understand me and I understand them. And we're having like deeper conversations about life and faith and God. And then, you know, Mm -hmm. am I staying there? Am I going out and sharing love with other people, not just staying with the same set of people? Those are just really good check-ins. I love that, Carrie. Mm -hmm. You talk about, um, you know, this trip and you traveled to the UK and this ministry is all about teaching you how to pray. How would you say how not to pray? (laughs) Hmm. You know, this is interesting. The first word that comes to mind is expectation. And I think, I think it's absolutely okay to come to God with expectation and to say, God, I need this. God, I, I'm desiring this. I'm longing for this. Like in those, I think kind of how we typically think of prayer is this list of things that we need, you know? Mm-hmm. <laughs> and like he's a slot machine kind of thing. And 
I think that he wants us to be bold and he wants us to ask and he wants, you know, anything in my name, you know, and so we want to pray in alignment, you know, with his will and, and, and say, God, I need this, you know? Um, but I think the other side of expectation where we can get so hung up on the result and the answer that I think we miss the opportunity that that in between space where really prayer is about connection with God and less about what's what the outcome is, you know. Um, prayer is so much bigger and multifaceted than I think, you know, I, I knew, you know, early on in my Christian walk. And I'm still learning like all of these facets of this beautiful diamond of like, oh my gosh, like prayer prayer is is less less for me about that list of things. Yeah, I still got it. I still have a list of things. But it's um I think the 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 slippery slope is when we we kind of just have our 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 grievances or we have our lists and we're like, God, can you just take care of that for me? Um versus it being a conversation and really that true invitation of how how does God want to change my heart and my thinking and transform my mind in the way I'm looking at this? That's true communion to me with the Lord and, and, and allowing him to shape our hearts um, and our minds around certain things going on in our lives. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of abandoning that expectation, I think, in some ways, um, but holding that tension. Um, the the contentment on your relationship with God becomes determined by the outcome on whether or not you got your list. Yeah. When yeah. you pray like that. I mean, it's kind of like going back to my kids and the illustration of of being a parent. If my kid comes to me all the time, hey, can I have money? Hey, can I use the car? Hey, can you pay for college? Hey, can you do this? Hey, can you do that? But never wants to be like, hey, want to hang out. Not only is that a really unhealthy relationship, but it completely misses relationship. I mean, we're not mm-hmm. we're not connecting at all. I'm all of a sudden um it's all about what you can get from me and I'm missing out being with you and you're missing out being with me and you're discontent if you don't get these things and I'm discontent because I don't get you. Mm-hmm. You know, like that's that's the yeah, that's the danger of going to God with a list all the time. And then you feel like, is God real? Because you didn't get your list. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I just love that you're relating it to our earthly relationships. And that's, that's been probably the one of the most helpful things, you know, for me and my walk with the Lord has been taking a step back and going, well, how would I relate to this person about this person? Or how would I talk? How would I have this conversation? Or mm-hmm. how would I spend time with this person? And when we kind of lay that over, you know, over onto our relationship with God, it can be really revealing. And, ooh, like, I'm seeing you as just like a task or a duty or like this mm-hmm. inconvenient thing that's in my life that I don't really have time for. How would my best friend feel about that you know what I mean like it's just it kind of reveals I think when we in, in 
good ways and bad ways, you know, like reveals how, how we're actually relating to God and actually connecting. You talk a lot about the importance of listening and waiting in silence and practicing these things. And I'm sort of curious, what are some of the signs that the Lord might be trying to get someone's attention? Mm. Well, I can, (laughs) I can maybe just speak from some personal experience. Um, You know, I, I call myself a recovering workaholic. Um, I come from a family of workaholics. We were doers, you know, we're uh, and pastors and leaders and people in ministry and, you know, business owners and the like. And we, I say we, and it's truthfully, like <laughs> it's a big group of us that, um, you know, slowing down is not really in our makeup. Um, and so I've been on this journey of, of uh, God honestly taking some things out of my life that I didn't even know, you know, were hangups or were causing me to um, really be um, living, you know, as this anxious person, as this like stressed out, overwhelmed, um, never enough world. And for me, um, you know, my health was a big sign. I think we have to pay attention to our bodies. I think that's huge. You know, I would get sick all the time. I would, you know, just have these seasons where I would run, 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 and then crash. And I'd be sick for a week or two. Um, you know, and oftentimes other people saw it, you know, my dad would be like, you know, this isn't new <laughs> in your life, you know, mm. this, is, this is kind of a pattern. And so also looking for patterns. Mm-hmm. Um, paying attention to, um, you know, the places where we're, we're running. Um, one of the most helpful things that, um, someone told me in the last couple of years was, are you doing this from a place of being driven or are you doing this from a place of being drawn? And I have like a sticky note on my, on my computer. I have to see that every day because it's a check-in. It's a, it's a place to go. Yeah, I'm doing this because I feel overly responsible or, you know, I, I'm I'm really like eager to see this thing happen or, um, you know, I, I have to constantly step back and say, God, what are, are, what are you actually inviting me into? And am I quiet enough to hear it? Um, I think I just, you know, lived in such a noisy world and our world is so noisy and there's so much coming at us and in just in the day to day, you know, the to-do list, um, that pausing and taking that time to be quiet and actually checking in of what, where am I? doing this out of obligation. Um, and because ultimately I don't think it's like, I, I, I think my, my levels of responsibility haven't necessarily changed. In fact, I think that they've increased over the years mm-hmm. um, in terms of like what I'm responsible for to people or business or whatever that looks like. But what God is showing me is, is that I can do that work. I can do that, but I can only do that from a place 
of being in tune and alignment with him and having these rhythms, you know, and having rest and having Sabbath and having, you know, time away. Carrie, what keeps us from seeing the spirit at work in our lives? Hurry. I I think that that is the biggest, one of the biggest threats to us living in tune and in connect, connected to the spirit of racing, you know, from one thing to the next, of not just hurry in our schedules, but hurry in our minds. Um, there is a constant pressure in our world, and especially when things aren't going well, um, to figure it out, to do more, to respond, to, um, you know, take action. And I do think there's places for all of that. But if we are living from a place of hurry and stress and anxiety, we will not respond with the fruit of the spirit. We will respond in our own humanness. Um, and I think, you know, my own journey has shown me that I, I cannot, I cannot minister to people. I cannot be available to people if I, one, literally don't have the time, <laughs> you know, um, but two, that I'm not slowed down enough to actually listen um, and to respond to the spirit when he's prompting, you know. Um, I wrote down a quote this morning from John Mark Comer's book, The Ruthless Elimination of Hurry, which I highly recommend. And I can recommend so many other books that I've had to digest over the years um, in my own journey. And he, he says, and there's this hurry and love are incompatible. And I think that just comes down to, I mean, if you really think about that, you know, in the ways we're, we're missing the opportunities and things right in front of us that the spirit might be inviting us into and leading us towards the people who need someone to listen to. Um, or to be listened to and to receive a word of encouragement or just, just say, I see you. I recognize you right there. Um, doing, doing the best you can, you know? Um, I think when we're so caught up in that frenetic pace, we just, we miss it. And I, I'll be the first to admit, I still do this often <laughs> and I'm constant, um, it's a constant reminder to like, okay, slow down, be present, be fully present in this moment. Mm -hmm. You know, mm -hmm. it's, it's pretty convicting um, for people. I'll speak for myself personally. I think I'm, you know, always running, juggling, you know, mm -hmm. I have all these responsibilities and roles and you're trying to do your best, but, you know, you're kind of reminding me of, I used to work for a college ministry and we would take these teams of college students to, to spring break service trips. And we would have these just crazy God experiences 
And I think one of the hardest things about it is you'd come home and then kids would feel like, why did I have that on that trip? But I don't have that every day. And part of it is, is the invitation on these service trips is, I remember this, this one particular mission we were working with in, I think it was Portland. They sort of dropped us off in downtown Portland. They gave us granola bars and water bottles and they said, you know, go share the love of God. And I was like, uh, you know, I didn't know where to take this team. I didn't know if we're walking straight left or right. I didn't know what I'm walking these kids into. And I, I won't go into the stories now, but there were some actual miracle stories that we experienced, like Mm -hmm. actual, like transformational, a person's life was changed, like a complete 180. Mm -hmm. And I, but I remember going, what, like, what are, how am I supposed to like take these kids with a water bottle and a granola bar and hope that somehow we're going to do something good for God? And I realized that what it is, is you you have left your school responsibilities, your work responsibilities, and you're there and you're making margin. You're creating space to watch for where God is going, what God is doing. You're listening. You're literally wandering around waiting for God to give you a green light. And I think so often we don't live with that margin. We don't live with that space because we're always so hurried. We don't even know how we're doing. Like sometimes when people say, how are you? Or how was your weekend? I can't remember what I did on the weekend because I'm so frenetically living, going from this, that, or or the other thing. And so we're not leaving enough margin to Mm -hmm. see that God could be inviting us into something where we could see his spirit at work. And when we can slow down enough, like you're you're encouraging us to sort of wipe hurry out to make a margin. We can see the invitations that God's putting right in front of us for miracles, for amazing, beautiful moments. But when we live constantly going from this, that, or the other thing, we miss out. Yeah, absolutely. And I think it's where we can start to just feel really dry, you know, in our faith and oh, God's not doing anything. He's like, I can't do anything because I can't, (laughs) you know, like I can't get you to slow down so that we can actually have a conversation about this, you know, like, and I mean, that's where my, it's burnout for me that that's always been that place, that road of like, Oh, I'm I'm serving for God. I'm doing for God. It shouldn't he show up where I'm, where I'm running, where I'm racing around. He's like, no, you left me behind. You know, you went, you went way faster than I ever asked you to. Mm -hmm. And that is not how I, how I want you to live. You know, you, you, you've got to trust me and that this place in the here and now is actually the best place for you. Um, and I think what, you know, I'm just, I'm excited because, you know, I've seen this change my life, but I'm seeing it change other people's lives and what's happening in that place to is that God's birthing new dreams. He's not only creating space and margin for to for true connection with him and for other people and to see these miracles take place, you know, the smallest of miracles and the biggest of miracles, but he's 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 imparting dream and vision and calling in that space, you know, mm-hmm. that, that you actually get to 
to realize like, oh, there's something much bigger going on here. Like this is kingdom stuff that I get to be a part of. This isn't just me being a good Jesus follower, (laughs) you know, like there's a story that he's writing that all of a sudden, because I'm hearing differently, I'm I'm getting to be a part of these things. I get to um, realize my part in that story. Uh, That's just so encouraging. I'm going to read John 15, four here, Carrie to Mm -hmm. us. Remain in me as I also remain in you. No branch can bear fruit by itself. It must remain in the vine. Neither can you bear fruit unless you remain in me. Mm-hmm. To close, Carrie, what's the invitation here in this passage that Jesus is laying out for us? Mm-hmm. I think that there is an invitation to rest. There's a place of um, leaning back of getting comfortable, of being known and knowing that, you know, God doesn't love us more because we do more. (laughs) And I think his invitation here is to say, we're going to do great things, but you can't do it apart from me. It's, it's actually not the way that I designed this to work. And there's so much freedom in that. <laughs> I think it's freedom. He's offering us rest, freedom, joy, delight to put off, you know, what the world is, is pressing on to us and say, there is a different way of living and, and he can, he can truly give it to us. Like, that's, that's truly an option, um, even when it feels like just so impossible, you know. I will, I, will, I will tell of that that goodness and that transformation until the day I die because I know how transformative it's been in my own life. Um, and I think that that's, that's his invitation for all. Hmm. Carrie, I'm so glad that I hopped on to the podcast to have this conversation with you today. It's both timely in my own personal life, but I think uh, based on all the things we've talked about today, I think there's so many people who resonate with, you know, sort of the ways they've been taught to pray versus how not to pray, (laughs) the invitation into a deeper connection and relationship, what we're missing out on when, when, we aren't connected, you know, your challenge to sort of move hurry out of our lives and instead lean into rest. I mean, there's so many beautiful invitations you laid out today. So thank you so much for having this conversation. Thank you. It's definitely an honor to be here. Yeah. Carrie, I know there's going to be people who want to connect with you. How can they do that today? Yeah. So email is probably the best way to do that. Um, And it's Carrie, C-A-R-R-I-E-B, at ctk.church. Awesome. Thank you so much, Carrie. Uh, Thank you. Hey, friend, I hope you enjoyed that conversation as much as I enjoyed getting to have it. There were so many invitations laid out there. I hope 
that most of all, you know that you have a father who longs to connect with you, who longs to be with you and do life with you and hang out with you and talk to you and listen to you, who wants the best for you and is always present, hoping to not only spend time with you, but to guide you into what he knows to be best for your life. And if for some reason the invitation that's been laid out for you is to somehow obligate him with a lot of words, or to obligate him with some sort of religious practice that is feeling like it's killing your soul, or to obligate him with, uh, you know, spiritual language that doesn't even ring true to who you are, whatever you've been invited to. I hope this invitation is that you would just step in and enter into saying yes to this father who wants to be with you that you'd be okay going on a road trip with God and hanging out with Him, that you would be okay in the silence, that you would also feel like you can be real with Him and talk in your own language about your desires of your heart, about your pain, about your longings, about what's on your mind, about your anxiety. I hope that you feel like you can say yes to going on a walk with him or going skiing with him or listening to music or making music with him. Friend, I hope that you'll keep colliding and that you'll spend time remained in the vine. I love that scripture says that we cannot bear fruit unless we remain in the vine because that tells me that our lives can bear such gorgeous fruit. Fruit can fall off the tree of your life, but you have to stay connected to the one who made you and uniquely knows you and cares for you and wants to give you all that you need for a beautiful life. So keep colliding. Know that you are loved. If you enjoyed this podcast, I encourage you to go back and listen to uh, the other one that Carrie's been in, but also check out our Women of Impact course. It's a course that I think has over 70 classes in it taught by all sorts of women, women business owners, women nonprofit leaders, women in ministry, life coaches, therapists, you name it, and they all teach into our lives in such a cool and unique way. So check that out. And friend, I hope that you will keep colliding and we'll catch you next week.